as we approach the task of preaching this morning, let us bow our hearts and our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for your spirit that you would open up our hearts, our eyes, our ears, our minds to you and your word, that through your word we may see your loving heart for us in Christ. We ask this in the name of your Son, our Savior. Amen. You may be seated. There's an outline on page four for you if you want to follow along. Um, the, the screens aren't going to hit each and every one of the points, so if you are following along, you are going to have to listen. But I'll give you a hint. If you use the words ordinary and beautiful, you hit about three quarters of, of those blanks there. So to begin the, the, the sermon this morning, uh, I'm, I'm going to throw out some, some poker chips here, and, and not actually poker chips, it's a, it's a metaphor, but throw out some poker chips here, and uh, there's going to be guys that look up at me and say, boy, you're crazy. There's the other guys that look up and say, you know, I agree, might not have said it in front of a thousand people on a weekend. So what are those poker chips? Well, I'm going to admit to you that um, I enjoy watching the TV show on HGTV, Fixer Upper, with Chip and Joanna Gaines. Now, ladies, raise your hand if you enjoy watching that, that show. All right, I see a good majority of the hands up. All right, guys. Here's the moment of truth. Raise your hand if you enjoy watching that show. That was very, there was like a little like timid. Kind of like, ah, oh, me. Good. So I'm, I'm not all alone. That makes me feel better. Thank you. If you don't know what the show Fixer Upper is, it's, it's a show where Chip and jo- Joanna Gaines renovate houses and kind of allow us to see the process. And Chip and Joanna Gaines kind of stole the American heart in, in the show. And, and they did it with, with Chip's uh, quirky personality, his, his silly just gestures, and Joe's love for design, her eye for design, and her love for Chip and her fam- family. And it all made for great TV. But they started back in 2013, five years ago. They were on for for five seasons. And in 2013, it seemed like America was kind of becoming unraveled. It was falling apart a little bit. Back in 2013, we had the Boston Marathon bombing. We were told that Edward Snowden had stolen thousands of files from the NSA. And George Zimmerman was acquitted of any charges of manslaughter in the death of Trayvon Martin, which sparked a conversation in our culture about racial discrimination that really ripped off bandages that people thought had been sealed. And into all of that comes this goofy, fun-loving, Jesus-loving couple that love to renovate houses. And did you see... Some of those houses, holy smokes, they were pretty. They took what I would see, and I'm assuming what you would see is an, an ordinary house, and made it into this beautiful masterpiece. And they did it with Chip's love of demo and construction, and Joe's love for design. And they have their little um, token, their kind of tagline at the, the end. They put two canvases together, and it was a picture of what the house used to look like. And they would say their tagline, are you ready to see your fixer-upper? And at the most opportune time, they would roll away the canvases, and out would pop this eye-dropping, jaw-dropping masterpiece. You see, they would take something that to us would 
it looks like ordinary and would make it into something beautiful. And you know what? I think that's a great lens this Pentecost, this morning, to take a look at the at the events of Pentecost, looking at, at the ordinary and, and making it into something beautiful. But before we start there, I think it's, it's uh, good for us to, to verbalize and acknowledge the fact that ordinary, nobody really likes it. Ordinary is kind of an insult. It's kind of like average. Nobody wants to be ordinary. We live in a culture that worships stardom, that exalts the overachieving, that's always in for a good hero. Nobody wants to be ordinary. Nobody wants to be in the middle of the bell curve there. Nobody wakes up every morning and says, you know, gosh, darling, darn Pete, I am going to strive to be the most average individual possible. No, nobody wants to be ordinary. But you see, that kind of kind of creeps up in our spiritual life too. You see, we always crave that, that radical transformation. We always desire the miraculous and the supernatural acts of God. We don't hear very often about the, the girl who was baptized as a little one, grew up in the faith, grew up in the church, kept, kept her nose clean, confirmed, went to, went to high school, all of that, that fun stuff. And now she's out in her job, loving God and loving her neighbors. You don't get book deals about that. You don't get catchy headlines on blog articles about that. You don't get videos and movies made about that. That doesn't make its rounds on social media. No, that's average. That's ordinary. And our culture would say, hmm, that's a little boring. But it's in the average and it's in the ordinary that we meet our God. We as Christians know that ordinary, that's a good thing. Ordinary is beautiful. So let's go ahead and go back to the beginning and kind of take a look at the events of Pentecost. One could argue that it was just an ordinary day. That first day of Pentecost, it was just an ordinary day. The disciples were getting used to kind of a a new normal. Jesus had ascended into heaven and said, go to Jerusalem, wait there for the helper. And they were gathered together as, as they ordinarily do in an, in an ordinary room, waiting this, this ordinary feast. Everything was ordinary until God intervened. Well, more specifically, until the Holy Spirit intervened. Because you see, the Holy Spirit almost always uses ordinary means to reach us. So how is the Holy Spirit described to us as coming to the disciples that day? Well, you had the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Then you had tongues of fire that basically rested on the disciples' head. Well, wind, fire, those are ordinary things. One could argue one of the most basic elements here on earth. And the Holy Spirit gave the disciples the ability to speak in different languages. Languages. That's ordinary to our everyday lives. What else was ordinary about Pentecost? Well, there were ordinary people gathered there, 3,000 at the end of the, the day. And the Holy Spirit used an ordinary man, Peter, to proclaim the gospel that first Pentecost. 
Peter, an ordinary man. Peter is really portrayed to us in the Gospels and in the book of Acts as really the epitome of ordinary. Now we're going to take a quick pause here. Because you might be thinking to yourself, Vicar, you're going bonkers. Do you know that we're talking about Pentecost here? Do you know that, that this is Pentecost? This is when the disciples talked in tongues that they didn't even know existed until they were talking in them. This is not ordinary. This is extraordinary. This is extraordinary. This was a miracle. And if that's what you're thinking, I'm right there with you. I agree. But you see, I'm intentionally drawing us away from the extraordinary to the ordinary. And in this sermon, we're going to dwell in the ordinary. Because in the ordinary, there's a sermon there. There's also lots of important things to learn. So then the question comes, does the Holy Spirit continue to use ordinary means to reach us? And why the heck does it matter? Well, it was Jesus who assumed the form of an ordinary man to come down here. He came down as an ordinary baby. Two ordinary people lived an ordinary childhood. When he grew up, he grew up to be an ordinary man. He called ordinary men to be his disciples and eventually the apostles. He experienced ordinary stuff. He was tired. He was hungry. He was happy. He was sad. All ordinary things. And then the Holy Spirit comes and it's described to us in ordinary means. And to this day, the Holy Spirit still uses ordinary means to reach us. He creates and sustains your faith by God's word. Word, language, little letters put together to make words that are put together to make sentences, to paragraphs, to pages, to chapters, to books, all pointing us to Christ. The Holy Spirit uses language, words, to create and sustain your faith. We just saw a, a, a baptism. In that baptismal font, is not holy water. We use ordinary water to baptize. It's straight out of the tap. It's not holy water. It's ordinary water. The Holy Spirit uses ordinary water to call you his own, to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. God puts his name on you with ordinary water. Up here on the altar, ordinary bread, ordinary wine. God uses ordinary things to bring down grace to us because God is a God of the ordinary. Because we are of the ordinary. There's great comfort in that. There's also a great mission. That first Pentecost day, the Holy Spirit called 3,000 ordinary people. He continues to call ordinary people. He calls you. He calls you. He calls me. He calls your family. He calls your friends. He calls my family. He calls my friends. All ordinary people. You see that God is not this God who's just so far up there. So far up there. So far out of our reach that we can't understand, that we can't fathom, that we can't reach him. He's not so extraordinary that us ordinary people can't perceive him. No, he comes down to us and he invades the ordinary. Just like Chip and Joe uses 
ordinary things to make things beautiful, so the Holy Spirit uses ordinary things to make things beautiful. You are made beautiful through the Holy Spirit. You are given a beautiful mission through the Holy Spirit. Because of Pentecost, you now live a beautiful mission. Your mission? To find the lost and feed the the found. That's what your beautiful mission is. Your life is made beautiful because of what Christ has done for you. That ugly cross full of death now brings us life. Beautiful life. Beautiful life lived in the ordinary because life is lived in the ordinary. And this means great things for us. So when you're sweeping your floor because your kid thought it was hilarious to to stomp Cheerios and goldfish all, all over it. When you're doing the dishes, when you're doing your homework, when you're going to the grocery store to buy groceries, when you're doing a budget, when you're pumping gas, when you're doing ordinary things, God is there with you because God is a God of the ordinary. And that means you sweeping You doing the dishes, you doing your homework, pumping gas, the budget, groceries, all of that matters. Because God has made the ordinary beautiful. But I know, and you know, because we've lived it, that there's some times when the ordinary is not beautiful at all. It's times when our life is so full of sin and hate, and hurt in the world. Our lives and other people's lives around us. But you see, because of that beautiful mission that you live, because of that beautiful mission of find the lost, feed the found, you are called to speak on behalf of Jesus into those hurting situations. So say you're living in an ordinary life. Maybe you have one kid, two kids. Maybe you don't have any kids. But you get a call in the middle of the night that your best friend has lost their middle child to a car accident that very night. And you're called because of that beautiful mission to speak for Jesus into that situation. When you're there on your ordinary job and you get a call from your brother and he lets you know that he and his wife are going to get a divorce and you're called to speak for Jesus into that situation. When your boss has been lording it over you for six months and you come to church and the sermon is on forgiveness and you're asked to speak for Jesus into that situation. But all that's hypothetical. Let's look at concrete things. There's more hate and hurt and sin in the world this week than really I ever want to see again. Creation isn't working right. Volcanoes are exploding, destroying lives and families in Hawaii. In Milwaukee, a historical Lutheran church was burnt to the ground out of pure accident. A building that's actually just a couple years older than this one. And because of your beautiful mission, you're called to speak for Jesus into that situation. And something that's becoming ordinary in the fact that it's occurring way too many times. Once again, we had another school shooting. Our kids were gunned down. And you and I, because of our beautiful mission are asked to speak for Jesus somehow into that situation. 
So when you're down on your ordinary life, when people around you are down on their ordinary lives, when you or other people, when their world is so full of the sin, the hate, and the hurt in this world that they can't see Jesus. Take a look at the events of Pentecost. The events of Pentecost let you know that you have a God who works in the ordinary, that's who's there with you right then and there, and he makes the ordinary beautiful. The Holy Spirit that day was on a mission. That mission was brought through many different languages, many different places, many different people, all coming into this one beautiful masterpiece. It was as if the Holy Spirit had those canvases and said, are you ready to see your fixer-upper? And away he rolled the canvases and out is burst, birthed this beautiful church from all different people, all different languages, all different places. We have one more example that, at least for me, really helps nail home the fact and how the Holy Spirit worked that day. Dr. Hislop, are you on the organ? Good. Okay. Um, do you think that you could just, just plunk out some, some ordinary notes for us on the organ, please? All right. Now, was that I I extraordinary? Not that it wasn't good, Dr. Hislop. Sounded, <laughs> sounded great. Sounded great. But those were just ordinary notes. But see, the Holy Spirit that day, he used lots of ordinary people. He also used lots of ordinary lang languages and kind of blended them to together. Dr. Hislop, do you think that you could play those same notes and, and add a, a couple more notes to it? All right, that's starting to sound better. Holy Spirit used lots of different people, lots of different languages from lots of different places. Dr. Hislop, do you think that you could, if, if it's not too much work, if you could play those same kind of two grouping of notes that you did and, and add some, a third set of notes to it? There we go. That's starting to sound better. It's got some harmony in it. It's starting to sound a little more beautiful. But you see, that day, that Pentecost, the Holy Spirit brought it all to, together. All those different things he brought together and birthed the beautiful masterpiece that's called the church. Dr. Hissop, I'm going to ask you one more time. If you can play those, those same three sets of notes that you've been playing, but, but, but add a fourth set of notes to it and, and make it into this beautiful masterpiece.
that day at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was making something beautiful. That beautiful thing is called the church. He was using all different types of notes from all different types of places to make this beautiful masterpiece called the gospel. The gospel was sung that first Pentecost. And here at St. Lawrence, we continue to sing that beautiful song called the gospel for those people around us. Because we have a beautiful Savior, because we have a beautiful mission, we here at St. Lawrence are called to show others by word and deed just how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen. We, we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for that beautiful song of the gospel that you gave us that first Pentecost. Lord, embolden us, empower us, use us ordinary people to continue to sing that beautiful song to those people around us. This and all things we ask in your most holy name. Amen.